All right, so we talked about when will it ever be enough, and I came to that realization because I, I watch a lot of YouTube, I, I consume a lot of content, and they're from very wealthy people, successful people, and they all agree that it will never be enough. What do you think? Man, I agree. I just think I, I just think that we need to learn to pick what we're never going to get enough of correctly. There are some people who pick heroin, you know? There are some people who, who pick success. There are some people who pick sex, you know? So, yeah, I agree. I think that it's never enough. When you find yourself completely engaged with something that either has a hold of you in the sense that you just can't say no to it, almost, you know, it's an addiction, or something that you have a hold of, and that can be something as I am um, the best handgun shooter in the range. I got a hold of that, man. That's me. I own that shit. Or I'm the best marketer in our firm and I got a hold of it and I'm going to keep it. So it'll never be enough once you figure out that either you're addicted or you're the best at something. And once you find yourself stuck in one of those two labels, I think all those people that you've been reading up on and talking to are right. When you're the best, you want to be the best and you want to stay there and it becomes an addiction. And then it evolves into something and then your next goal is higher and further and that is what success is built up on and it's also what failures are built upon. Oh, absolutely. There is no successful entrepreneur or any successful person out there that didn't fail. I think we alone have failed plenty of times. We are on new ventures and we know we're going to have some winners. We know we're going to have some losers, but we always talk about having as many irons in the, in the fire as possible because at that point you're covering, you're diversifying, you're diversifying. Yeah. You're diversifying your, 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 your place. Um, there are, to me, I've been collecting Marvel memorabilia since I was like 10 years old, man. Like I started back in the early, early, I'm sorry, late, late 80s, early 90s. And I've been doing it all this time. My collection is vast and it's and it's elaborate and it's everything from Marvel cards to comic books to statues to signed things, you know, and and autographed items and and all of it is uh, the majority of the shit's in the boxes, you know, tucked away in storage rooms, you know, like not even on display or I just I I, I haven't been able to uh, afford a space where I can put everything up and not and you know, not worry about it getting damaged or some kid coming in there and fucking it up during a party or some shit, you know, accidentally. Mm -hmm. So it's never enough. And my wife always asked me, Robert, you just like that. You literally ordered that. It got here in the mail. You opened it. You looked at the box. You pulled out the statue, checked it out, put it back in the fucking box, wrapped in the styrofoam and put it away. When is it going to be enough? And my answer was, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's not going to be enough ever. Maybe I'm going to die and you're going to have to sell all this shit 
and you don't know what it costs and you don't know what the values of or what the values are of some of these things. So you're going to liquidate it and it's not going to be worth anything and it's never going to be enough. I'm always going to continue to do this. So why do you do that? Knowing that that could be a possibility. Because of that fucking dopamine release that it gives <laughs> us, man, that we find some people find it in fucking fixing cars and troubleshooting and some people find it in, you know, getting into trouble. It's that rush. It's that that sense of satisfaction or accomplishment, that false sense of achievement that we lack in other departments. We'll, we'll get it. If, if I feel accomplished and achieved because I can afford a $50 bust of a Hulk or a $700 to $1,000 statue of, you know, this whatever thing, and, and when it gets there and I open it, I realize I, I, I don't need it. It's going to sit in the box until I, until I can afford the place that I want, how I want it to look with all my statues up. Like it is literally a sense of false happiness. Happiness. Yeah. 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 So we're trying to fill a void with material things. Dude, it can be material things. It could be like Forrest Grump running and running and running. I'm just going to run. Like it could be. You can feel your inadequacies by being good at spending money. So how how do we achieve happiness? Through um, through involvement, through community, through what if people don't like community? Well, then they're destined for sadness. <laughs> I mean, what if what if their internal happiness is sitting around reading a book? It's not. And- it's not. It's a distraction. Look, dude, we were, we are the only so species. So how do you say that to somebody that is, is, um, how do you say Disconnected it? from? No, not disconnected. Somebody that is, is socially awkward or somebody that cannot, is somebody that's an introvert. How would you, how do you say that to somebody? Because you don't have to say it. All you have to do is bring them with you and not let their awkwardness make you feel uncomfortable. Gotcha. Because how do we learn languages? By listening, mm-hmm. by shutting the fuck up and listening. How do we um, learn how to do certain things by observing and watching? If you know you what's find, sad about that, though, is most people don't have the patience. To correct. Do that. That's why I said that what you're going to say right there is to tolerate somebody. Right. That's, that's a huge task. Okay, so then that person's an asshole, why? Or that person's awkward, why? Because nobody has the patience to tolerate him long enough or her in order for them to absorb what regular interactions are. So we've all heard the saying, oh man, if you hang around with four millionaires, eventually you'll be the fifth. Mm-hmm. Well, why doesn't that apply to socially awkward people or people who, who just don't get it or come from a different state and don't have the accent? What happens is, is that our tolerance for the foreign or, or the awkward is very low. It's very minimal. Yeah. It's very minimal. You know, somebody might say a joke crudely because they're background or where they came from that was something that was normal to them and so they say it and you get offended by it you push them away like no we don't like that and uh and i get that that shit happens all the time but we need to understand that sometimes you can't you cannot tell people how to fix themselves you can just show them how to be the best you are and allow them time in your proximity so that they have the best chance to absorb it yeah, if, if you're going to keep people in your circle, be careful who they are. Dude, I mean, listen, and, and that's the thing is like, how do you go with like people that are, are incapable of that? Listen, dude, 
when I opened the house club two and a half years ago, um, a specific individual who was awkward and, and wasn't uh, part of our clique came to be a dealer for me. Dude, nobody liked this cat, man. Everybody warned me about this cat. Everybody was like, dude, he's depressed. He's this, he's that. You can't do this. You can't do that with him. And complain, complain, complain. And I would look at everybody and tell them, leave them alone. Let them hang out. Don't let them bother you. Don't be rude to him. And then I'd be walking around. I'd call out his name when I saw him dealing at the table, alone, apart from everybody. And from on the other side of the fucking poker room, I'd, I'd yell out his name. Say, hey, man, do me a favor. Let me see a smile, bro. Why aren't you fucking smiling over there for me? Come on, let me see the pearly whites. And I'd fuck with him until he smiled. Mm-hmm. And while I was doing that, everybody would stop what they're doing and look and kind of be like, what the fuck? And, and I'd be like, come on, let me see a smile. Give me a fucking smile. And then finally everybody around him starts smiling and then it was infectious and then he would smile. Inclusive. Inclusive. Yes, dude. Like I wanted people to understand that regardless of how different he was, we had to make him a part of our team in order for him to absorb us, not for us to absorb him. I, was, I didn't have him there so that he could manipulate my ecosystem. I wanted to see if our ecosystem would adopt him, and we didn't. At the end, he wound up fucking me, man. He, he printed out all of my members list with their names, emails, phone numbers, and went and worked for another club and pulled all, like tried to pull my players and, and everybody came to me and said, you see, we fucking told you and you see, we couldn't stand him and that. And I said, hey, 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 that's not a reflection of us. What he did has nothing to fucking do with me or you or the club. It's a reflection of him. We did our best in trying to open our doors to something foreign and give them the opportunity to fall in love with us. I wasn't wanting you to fall in love with him. Eventually, if he fell in love with us and wanted to be here, he would have started making the right choices. And he would have started eventually trying to mimic who we were and how we acted. And eventually, that love would have made him into one of us. But no, he didn't. He didn't have it in him. It wasn't taught to him, whatever. He had to hurt and do negative shit to give himself a reason to leave something so good. And that seems to be the case with a lot of people. They Dude, will self-destruct their absolutely. Their I, lives, I've man. done it my whole life. I've done it. That's why I can. That's why I can smell my own. I've been a loser. I've been a winner. I could smell him. I knew that he needed a place. He was on the verge of bad, hurtful thoughts, and he needed a place to come and 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 feel like a part of something. I told my staff when they were poking fun at me and fucking with me about you see and. I say, whoa, 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 that's on him. That's not on us. He made that choice. He went to go do that. So when you sell self-destructive stuff, yeah, that shit's embedded in us. But that doesn't mean that somebody who is socially awkward or not the norm should not be allowed the opportunity to be taught what is normal in the particular area that he's in. Because normalcy is regional, mm-hmm. you know, it's, and, and it's regional from, from Port Isabel to La Jolla, Texas. It's completely different traditions, completely different mannerisms. It's regional. 
You put somebody from Port Isabel in La Jolla, Texas, and they're going to be different. Absolutely. So our job as receivers of the different is to let it be different. Yeah, it's crazy because even from Rio Grande City all the way to South Padre Island, every single city has their own little clique of people that they just act their own way. A thousand percent. That's so amazing. Yeah, it's a thousand percent. It's proven all over the world. So my best advice to somebody or anybody who is dealing with an individual who is new to the area or maybe has been here the whole time and is just socially awkward, like they just don't get it. Um, my suggestion to you or to people who are encountering, encountering this is to be patient and, and go off of the energy that you feel. If something tells you that this person is dangerous or, or unstable, well, then that's a person that you want to push away. But if your energy is telling you, if their energy and their aura and their just vibe is telling you, hey, I'm humble, I'm just lost, then it's your fucking responsibility to take them by the hand and guide them and say, okay, there's no malice intent here. There's no uh, abusive nature. This person isn't, uh, you know, uh, an excessive individual. So that begs the question. There's just awkward. When will it ever be enough? It's never going to be enough. Is that a sad thing? For some it is. And for others, it's just life. I think the older I get, the more I come to the realization is that it will never be enough. I'm always going to chase something that's bigger, better. I'm, and I think we talked about this too because I'm I'm going through a midlife crisis, and you you uh, check that. Yeah, yep, you're going through that. Yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, that's I think that's what it is. It's 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 never going to be enough, and and we realize that during midlife crisis. Yeah, it's insane. Look at that, man. It's been like every single day that we hear. Yeah, this shit's going down, bro. Like every day. We... Dude, that's crazy because there was a bank robbery here a few weeks ago. I sent you the. I yeah, you, you the... did. That's right. Well, um, let's, next that, door, man. That was a fire. That was a fire truck. Yeah, we're <laughs> but located the... right next to a bank. But that's the thing is like, will it ever be enough? No, I don't think so. For and me, I'm always going to strive and, and get up every day with the best attitude that I possibly can because I feel like we're doing purposeful work. And I think the projects that we have are going to provide more than than what I am alone. Like one is too small of a number to achieve greatness. And all of our projects are pretty much a reflection of our intent, and and we have good intentions. So yeah, that that's a that's a positive message, man. All right, bro. Well, good sesh. Good sesh. Latest. <laughs>